So why are we here? Why are we in business? What is our purpose? When we're navigating through uncertainty, it's very important to remember that we cannot do long-term planning. The, the challenge with this whole uncertainty ambiguity piece is we're conditioned to do long-term planning. We need to focus on short-term planning and more immediate wins. When we're operating from a place of purpose, it's much easier to navigate through that. Welcome to Cross-Pollination. We're a member of the Alberta Podcast Network. We're back with part two of this episode entitled Creativity, Uncertainty, and Change, continuing our chat with Janice Francisco, founder at Bridgepoint Effect. If you heard the first part of this episode, or episode 16, where Janice talked to us originally, you'll know that she's the founder at Bridgepoint Effect, a company in the business of creativity and innovation that helps organizations collaborate better and solve problems more effectively. In part one, Janice told us about what she's observed over the past year, the challenges, pivots, and adaptations that companies have had to make to stay viable through the biggest year of disruption we've all seen, as well as the challenges that organizational leaders and employees are now faced with, like collaborating suddenly in remote environments and under a kind of pressure that hasn't existed before. We also started here with the new skills that are required to communicate and collaborate with teams under conditions of prolonged uncertainty and ambiguity as to what the future looks like, as well as constraints on our daily lives. In this second part, we'll hear more about the new skills the pandemic demands of people and organizations, like trust and emotional agility, how they help, and how we can cultivate them. So why are we here? Why are we in business? What is our purpose? So what's what's the noble cause that we're attempting to uh, dress in the marketplace so that we, you know, have some value that we can offer? I think we've got to keep that front and center for people. And and I think the other thing we need to do is, as I said, is remind them of what's not changed. So, you know, we are still here. We are still viable. We are right. Whatever. Um, and, and I think that's really important. Then I think the next thing you need to understand is if we're working through uncertain times, we need to maybe be focused more on what are the jobs we need to be doing. Right. So look at it in that context of what are the jobs that need to be done? And where is the priority for those? I think we've got to get very pragmatic. And and I think the, the other thing that we need to be concerned about is um, when we're navigating through uncertainty, it's very important to remember that we cannot do long-term planning. So the only way to move through, because what uncertainty brings is also ambiguity and that frightens people we teach people how to be okay with that um the 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 challenge with this whole uncertainty ambiguity piece is we're conditioned to do long-term planning okay i now look at my day or I, I now look at what we're doing, it, you know, it's like, okay, what's the, what's the year? Okay, what's the month? What's the week? What's today? What am I doing right now? And so we need to, it, so it's like, yeah, okay, this has to be done this month. 
And but this is a crappy week where we've had all kinds of tech issues and blah, blah, blah. And OK. And today I just feel like crap because I didn't sleep last night and this didn't happen because of whatever. So I'm not able to do as much. So what can I do right now? Right. So we need to get much better at understanding that we need to focus on short term planning and more immediate wins because if we're not looking for that and i don't mean quick hits and just you know do something for the sake of like that's silliness don't do something for the sake of doing it but when we're operating from a place of purpose it's much easier to navigate through that so then we're planning for short term we're stepping back and looking at what the wins were and what we've got to do is we've got to constantly go through what I call a learning cycle. So we've got to be get, we've got to become very good reflective thinkers. And so what I mean by that is that as we go through an experience individually and as, as a team, we need to understand what happened, what it means, and what are we going to do about it? So that we're right. So and that's the only way that you can manage yourself and each other through that uncertainty, because if you're not taking the time to reflect on how you're doing and how it feels, you're just being automatic. You're staying stuck in that fear mode. You're staying stuck in that unresourceful reactive aspect and you're not able to lift your head above the craziness of the situation to appreciate where what you're doing you know when i think this is a practice we use in our business weekly and, and certainly at the end of every project and it's like okay we just spend half an hour to an hour at the end of the week okay what did we learn like what happened this week what did we learn what are we proud of where were we having difficulty? What's going on? And we just keep it very free flow. But what I'm finding for us is we've had to deal with so much. It's horrendously overwhelming. It, it feels in our business, it feels like every time we turn around, we're learning something new. We've got new tech, we've got new stuff, we've got, it's like everything is new. <laughs> everything is new. Okay, but like, what's going on? How are we doing? How are we supporting each other? Where, you know, so to me, that's what's allowing us to stay real and stay connected. And that's keeping us tethered. And it's allowing us an outlet to go like, I'm, I'm not doing well this week or I am doing well this week or I'm really excited and proud this week or crap. I don't want another week like this. This has been hard. And, and, you know, or like, Hey, look at this. We did all of these things that are new and this is what we learned. And won't it be easier to do that next thing? <laughs> it's like, like it's so it's, it's just, we need, we cannot operate as if it's the way it was it's not and it won't be it's it's it is going to evolve i don't uh, you know i've given up any hope on the fact that we'll get to something called normal 
we certainly won't get back to where it was. And okay, I am the most optimistic person in the world, but I'm also very pragmatic. And I think we're we're fooling ourselves if we think that we are not going to have to be operating differently. We cannot operate in this environment like we used to work. It's not going to work. It's just not going to work. You know, you can't think about this. You can't have a global experience of this magnitude and not have it get into our psyche. Like, you know, every once in a while I go, okay, like, you know, I always remember listening to my grandfather talking about living through the war, you know? Oh, that was cool, right? And you could see that that had a psychological impact, right? When you... You look at your grandparents, you hear what they went through, or you listen to family members if you if you're a family that immigrated or had to leave a country and all right, all of these things that went on. And the reality is we're living through that event. How can that not change and shape us? How can it possibly not? So whether many of us like it or not, even when we're not necessarily essential workers and on the front line engaged in public-facing work, we've all been faced with a lot of tests and ongoing challenges this year, and it's pushed many of us into different mindset that we're not usually in, often while we're also trying to live our lives and doing the same jobs. And it takes a lot more consciousness and agility to move through that, even while knowing that it is a difficult time, and that's you know to be expected. And more has changed than just the pandemic. We hear about some of that in upcoming episodes on social changes that have come to the forefront recently as well, and what that has to do with workplaces, as well as people's thoughts about what's truly important now that we've all had a strong incentive and a good long time to think about that. All of the changes of the past year also imply new needs inside organizations too, for things like trust, as Janice talks about here, and why it's needed not just to talk about the challenges that people are working through, but also to work creatively, and to develop solutions not only out of necessity, but from a positive mind space. You know, it's really funny you bring that up, because trust is one of the conditions for creativity. For, for to in order to get creativity in the workplace, uh, there is a level of trust that's required in the moment and in the environment. And um, so to your question, um, yeah, I think trust is is really important. It takes a different level of it. I think there's the trust in can you divulge to the people that you're working with how you feel? Um, you know, creed, you know, when you think about again, I want to just step back for a second because this is a creativity <laughs> podcast, okay? So what we're doing is we are creating change, forced or chosen, <laughs> right? In our lives. That is a creative process. That is an emotional process because it is a creative process. There's going to be an emotional aspect to it. So in order to get to a place where you can bring creativity into the environment, there's certain conditions in the environment. And trust and openness is one of them. So I what, what employees are typically looking for in that environment, if if we're saying, hey, let's 
be willing to talk about what's working well and what's not. And then, right? Let's let's sit down and have a reflective thinking piece for somebody to be willing to open up in what is likely a virtual environment. There's even more safety that you need because virtual environments isolate. And so we have many situations where we're working where people can't and, 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 and there's not a judgment on this. They are unable to turn on video because there's distractions or whatever in the background. But if I'm a leader and I need to have an honest, open, trust-based conversation with my team, I better be able to see eyeballs if I want to be fostering trust. And so that creates some challenges. Um, so what we need in, the, in a situation for trust to be evident and safety, psychological safety to be happen. People are looking for, a num I, I call it the three questions that need to be answered. They want to know, am I clear on what is the behavior that you're expecting of me? So if you want me to be creative or you want me to be sharing, right, like what is the behavior that's expected? The second is, do I feel supported in behaving this way. So when I open up and I share or I give you this information, are you able to accept it and are you open to it? And a third thing that we're looking at is, do I feel that I matter? Is Does it matter what I'm saying and divulging? Are you recognizing and rewarding me for what I'm doing? Because you know what? I'm living in a world right now where, you know, the stories I'm hearing from people about the stuff they're navigating at home, at work, you know, we all have to, there's this drummed into us, we've got to stay safe, keep safe, keep safe, keep safe. And, and yet you want me to open up and leave myself vulnerable in a time that's highly uncertain and, and all, right? So back to the question we had about the leaders before, that's another right leaders now are responsible for holding a space a collaborative creative shared emotion driven trusting space in a virtual or combination of virtual and in the office like that's a burden for a leader and right but a good leader can get that going with their team those kinds of emotional and personal skills are new for some workplaces and some leaders, although many will hopefully will have had that before. But the emphasis and the level of it is new now. I asked Janice if trust and cultivating it is a skill that will be in high demand in the future. Lots of authors and researchers like Amy Edmondson, for example, has a TED Talk and more on psychological safety and its importance in the workplace. And it was one of the key findings of Google's study of high-performing teams in its own company. That concept addresses not only characteristics like not being punished for making mistakes at works, but for it has implications for creativity, for innovation and problem solving, which is what we're talking about here. The, I don't think there was as much emphasis on it before because it wasn't necessarily needed to the level, right? People could manage themselves. You could see what was going on. Now we've got to do check-ins and, and, you know, worry more about the psychological well-being of people just because of what people are going through. So 
you know, and we're seeing it show up in in different ways in our client base. We have we've many clients who had invested quite heavily in in that emotional intelligence and a lot of those aspects and and had had the opportunity to build up that trust or build up that ability to be vulnerable with their with their people. But then we have this situation where we're seeing turnover in teams. So we've got new team members coming in who are being onboarded in an environment where they have never touched the people they work with. And they've only, right? And so they're struggling with how do we build trust on a team? How do we move the team to that level of experience and ability to do that? Um, and, you know, we've we've been working quite a bit with people, helping them do that um, kind of team. I don't want to call it building. It's, it's, it's just not really building. It's, 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 it's helping a team function in, in, you know, do that, do that collaborative aspect and, and understand how to open up and build that trust. So, yeah, I think it's a new skill set for many leaders or it's something that they need to recognize they need and have to go out and, and get it. You know, in a parallel in our business is I've become highly aware of the fact that in a digital marketing world, right, because now we're all digital marketing as opposed to out in front of people, um, there's certain skills we have in our organization and there's skills we do not have. And I don't have the ability or the time to develop those skills. So I've got to go buy them, right? You know, so I think that reality may become more evident for leaders. There's only so much they can do. They're they're already overburdened. And I think it's also underestimated. I, I'm not sure it's fully appreciated. Uh, you know, we're starting to see some things come out in the press about the the burden that leaders are feeling um, and that, that professionals are feeling too, right? We've heard lots about how the frontline workers have been impacted but now we're starting to hear uh you know the knowledge worker impacts and and i think there's many one of the other impacts of this time and the big changes that have come about over the past year are also to innovation as we talked about in part one there's been lots of innovation over the past year as many organizations have shifted and pivoted what they do and adapted and often the harder their business models but it hasn't been the same kind of innovation that they were often focused on before and we started to notice in April last year something unusual, and we started to see higher levels of hits going to certain blog titles. So we started tracking it. We had one blog that had a f- over 400, no, 4,000% increase in hits. And our top five blogs were all about how to develop innovation skills how to bring innovation to a company it was so it was all about individual or organizational ability to be innovative and i think what happened i think why that's been happening is that people realized how unprepared were so if they weren't engaging in innovation to begin with um they realized oh my god 
we're needing to be innovative. What the hell is this stuff? What do I need to do to do this better? Because, man, this is stressful. Um, and at an organizational level, I think a lot of organizations that kind of said they wanted to be innovative but hadn't really internalized that realized that there was a stress and a strain and a threat on the organization that they needed to resolve. Um, on an aside from that, what we heard from a lot of people in the innovation community, the, the companies that, that rally around, let's be more innovative, a lot of the people who were running the innovation programs found that there was less interest in the organizations to be doing that kind of innovation. So the proactive outside innovation that many were complaining that the organization was becoming very risk averse, more so than they had in the past. And they were having difficulty uh, continuing to move through on what they had already been engaged in. But I think it was simply because they couldn't move decisions through with the leadership teams because they were all organized working on other things. So I think innov innovation has, it's it's just changed, the face of it has changed so much. It's just, there's more of it happening in a much more diverse way. And yet some of the corporate innovation programs have really kind of had some difficulty keeping their momentum because so much of the psychological and other resources of the company have been focused on just doing damage control over what the heck this all means, right? So that's been kind of interesting. This episode is brought to you by Shift Podcasts by Alberta Innovates. Shift showcases the work being done in the province's innovation ecosystem, everything from health to clean energy. Join hosts Katie Dean and John Hagen as they interview the researchers, entrepreneurs, and businesses that are shifting our perspective about innovation in the province. Find Shift Podcasts by Alberta Innovates on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find it at shift.albertainnovates.ca. That's shift.albertainnovates.ca. In this episode, we've talked a lot about the importance of creativity to innovation and as a precursor to it, and thinking creatively about options to make better decisions. As we've talked about, the present circumstances aren't always conducive to being in a positive with creative mindset right now. But when we need it, are there things we can do to cultivate that? <laughs> there are some ways, I, you know... Um, well, uh, how do you cultivate, you know, I think you cultivate this creative mindset in the, in the same way now as you did before. I think, I think the challenge is, um, recognizing how you're living in that place of fear. And, and what do you need to do to get yourself out of it? So that's one thing. I think the other, the other way of cultivating it is um, how about this? I think let's be clear on what it means to be creative. This isn't about, in this situation, in this context, it's not about being artistic or, you know, that's, that's, this is about, how do we create options? How do we optimize conditions? 
Um, how do we find opportunities? How do we keep our emotional state in a, in a much more resourceful standpoint? And how do we um, enable our ability to adapt and, and get that agility and resilience without feeling like we're being tossed around on the ocean, right? So I think that's that's the creativity that we're we're looking for. Um, so I think I think you I think there's maybe why don't I make this simple? I think if you want to cultivate it in this kind of an environment, I think you need three skills minimum to be focused on. One is where's your curiosity? Take a look at what's happening in our world right now. We're constantly being fed a line about how things are, and there's a lot of assumption in it. You cannot be creative, resourceful, adapt, and agile if you're not thinking for yourself. And how you think for yourself is by being curious and asking yep. questions. Because think about it. By being curious and asking questions, you're putting yourself back into control. You're going, there's information I'm missing. There's things I don't understand. I'm not quite sure that that's sitting okay with me. Could I ask some questions about that? Instead, what I'm seeing is a lot of people that are just accepting what they're being given and they're not questioning. So curiosity, so important. Curiosity. Second, uh, second thing we need to be open. We need to be open to the fact that the assumptions that we're operating under are likely not correct or are not always going to be correct or might not be correct for us in this particular circumstance. So being aware of the assumptions we're holding and also being open to accepting or hearing other ideas is really important because if we're in react mode, we're, we've got very narrow focus, but if we can be curious and move ourselves into a more open mode, if we got a few people looking in different directions, we might find something else out, right? And so it's how do we open up to that and, and create some awareness in that aspect? And I think the third thing we need to do to foster creativity right now is to recognize that it's really important to be original. There's a lot of people doing the same thing, doing the same thing every day with the same people every day, because that is maybe what they've been forced to do, you know, whatever the situation, but there's an awful lot of sameness and we need difference in order for creativity. Creativity is about doing something novel and different. So how are we bringing some level of novelty or originality into our life when, you know, when it's become smaller, when it's become more challenging, when we're tired and we, you know, there's only so much bandwidth we have. So how are we allowing that in our life? How are we creating it? And are we willing to hear 
diversity of opinion, diversity of thinking in in that process as we start to figure out how are we going to respond and, and move through this. Myself, even I, I found it's like, okay, I'm going to go for a walk every day. Am I going to go for a walk in the same place every day? Or am I going to at least try to find a different way to walk every day and look for something different? And how am I bringing my curiosity out on my walk? So that I'm aware and of what's going on around me and maybe how things have shifted or what they're different. Or am I just seeing the same thing all the time? And so, you know, it's 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 that mindset, right? It's it's how are you looking at things and and are you able to to shift those perspectives to take in something else? Because that's what'll help move you out of that reactive mode it'll it'll give you a little bit of a bridge to get up to that more creative aspect so what are some of the big takeaways for us to go forward with now that we're living in a world of radical change and continuing uncertainty it's not all bad news and there's lots that janice has talked about that we can do even while there's lots we can't control and again it has a lot to do with curiosity and being mentally and emotionally agile and adaptive it's, I, I think uh, the skill of being a continuous learner who's okay with newness is is going to be the new skill that everybody needs. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for this show. If you'd like to know more about Janice and Bridgepoint Effect's work, you can find them at bridgepointeffect.com or on Twitter at creative underscore Janice. If you'd like to comment on this episode, you can find us on Twitter at Polinata1 or on the web at crosspollination.co. Join us next time for an episode with a guest, Jessica Ketwaro-Green, who you can expect to hear a lot more about in the future on some of the social changes that have been bubbling to the surface over the past year and what it means to lead, operate, and work in diverse workplaces. Jessica Ketwaro-Green tells us about the ELAT framework she's developed to help organizations do just that. Thanks as always for listening, and see you next time. This episode of Cross Pollination is brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta, offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose who to buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. Park Power has low overhead, which in turn allows them to offer low competitive rates. Reach out for a no-obligation comparison by emailing estimates at parkpower.ca. If you decide to switch, it's easy. It's really just a change to your billing, and you can feel good knowing you're helping to give back to your, our communities with your utilities bills. Learn more at parkpower.ca.